it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The racetrack at the front of the field, off of turn number four, but they're lined up side by side. Behind them, it's Austin Dillon. Austin Dillon leads the pack off turn number four. No one ever thought he would contend for the win, but he's going to do it. He's going to win the 60th running of the Daytona 500. Jordan Bianchi is uh, with us. Uh, had covered the Daytona 500 and all the uh, lead-ups to that for SB Nation. Uh, pretty good finish there, uh, Jordan, to say it the least. Uh, Austin Dillon had a little nudge, a little guy out of the way to get to the finish line. He did, and Austin Dillon's getting a lot of heat for that. But it really, there was not much he could have done in that situation. If you look at it, Eric Almirola, who was leading at the time really came up on Austin Dillon, and Austin Dillon had two choices there. He could either back off the gas and let Almirola slide up in front of him, or he could stay in the gas and just deal with the consequences, and that's what he did. And I don't think there's anyone that's going to blame him for that necessarily who actually looked at the film and saw that you know, Dillon really didn't have much of a choice. But uh, it, was a, it was a good victory for him, and then the storyline, obviously, with the three you know, winning at Daytona on the 20-year anniversary of Dale Earnhardt winning his lone Daytona yep. 500. It just it was it was a fitting it was a fitting ending to a uh, an entertaining race. So Jordan, what is when you're blocking, especially in a situation like that, you got to take your chances, right? I mean, that's yeah. if if you're trying to block a guy who's faster than you, uh, then what else is he going to do, as you say? Yeah, that's exactly it. And if, you know, Eric Almirola after the race said the same thing, which was. I was blocking. I was trying to hold him off because I had to do whatever I needed to do, and there was no hard feelings between the two because it was anybody in that situation is going to do that. You have to make your bumper as wide as you can. You have to swing basically from the top group to the bottom group and then back and, and try to knock these guys or prevent these guys from making these runs, and that's your only chance. So it's some people don't like it because it's, it seems like it's bumper cars sometimes, and it, the races can turn into demo derbies, kind of like we saw yesterday. But other people think it's wildly entertaining, and they think it's kind of just a, it, it's, it's an interesting form of racing that you don't always see. And Austin Dill, uh, Austin Dillon is the g- grandson, grandson of, of yep. uh, Childress? That is correct. He's the grandson of Richard Childress, and he has been groomed to be in this spot since he was a little kid. And he, but he was driving uh, elsewhere. Who was he driving for previously? He's driven for a couple owners um, in the lower series. Uh, but when he moved up to the Cup Series in 2014, he's always been with his grandfather, and they have had their ups and downs. They have certainly not had the level of success that a lot of people thought they were going to have. Um, he's shown some potential. He's 27 years old. He's a driver who, who's got the makeup of being a good driver they just haven't really put all everything together there to really give him the ability to do that 
Um, but the Adam restrictor plate races, there has been, a, you know, it goes back to Earnhardt's days. They know how to build really good cars at Daytona and Talladega. Now, was he in number three originally when he switched over, or did they move him into number three? Uh, he, so Austin Dillon has always been a fan of the number three because that was his grandfather's yeah. number long before it was Earnhardt's, and that was his number when he played Little League, and he always had it in anything he raced and before he got to the Cup Series. And when they moved him to into the Cup Series in 2014, they said, do you want this number still? And he said, absolutely. So that was the first time that that number um, had been raced since Dillon had, had been killed in 2001. And uh, you know, all kinds of uh, coincidences, I think. Was yesterday also the day that Dale died? Uh, the that is, I believe that was February 15th, if I'm not okay. mistaken. Is it, no, was it the 18th or the 18th? You're right. I think it was, yeah, it actually was the anniversary. Of uh, when uh, Dale died. Yep. So it was, uh, uh, it was uh, quite rich with, and of course, Butch, uh, Bubba Wallace comes in. Uh, we're going to, Richard Petty has uh, signed him up. He's an African-American. Uh, we haven't had a full-time African-American. We've only had one previous full-time African-American driver, and he ends up finishing second. And, boy, that was an emotional little scene there between him and his mother. Yeah, it was really neat. I mean, it, it's been a struggle for him. You know, Darrell Walsh Jr. is like a lot of good, young, talented drivers. He just hasn't had the right opportunity. He hasn't had the funding. And there were some kind of questions whether he was able to continue or not. And he got a ride with Richard Petty, and he took the most. He took advantage of it for sure. He finished second yesterday, and then afterwards, the scene with his mom and his mom's telling him, "You won the race, and you won the race." And he finally had to cut her off. The mom, we didn't win. I don't know what you're talking about. She she goes, "No, you you did win, baby. You did win." <laughs> and they they were crying in each other's arms, and then his sister came up there, and they were hugging, and and then after that was over. He just sat at this podium uh, for a couple seconds, and he just basically opened up, and he just started bawling. And it was, it's tough. And, and I will say this. The neat thing that really about this, I mean, one, Darrell Walsh Jr. is a very charismatic and fun guy, and he is great for the sport. There's a lot of talk about who's the next Dale Earnhardt Jr. who can fill that void. Wallace has that personality to do that. He, is, he, just, he just kind of walks into the room and has this star power about him. Again, it's going to happen. You know, what's see what he can do on the racetrack and whether he can win races or not. And the second thing is, is Richard Petty is an 80-year-old man, and Richard Petty is taking a liking to this kid like you wouldn't see. I mean, it's like he's one of his own, and he just loves this kid, and there's just enthusiasm about Richard Petty, and he's almost his very protective, you know, big brother in a way, and he's always telling Daryl to go out there. And, you know, last, you know, yesterday, for example, he, he, he told Daryl before the race, don't wreck the car, don't wreck the car. Well, Daryl Walls wrecked the car because he ended up finishing second, but he got into a rack on the last lap. And Petty walks into the infield care center where Wallace is getting evaluated, and he says, I told you, boy, not to wreck the car. What the heck happened? And Wallace thought he was in trouble, and then all of a sudden Richard Petty has this big smile on his face, and then they had a warm embrace. So it's just there's this energy that really Wallace has kind of carried over with him, and, and it's great to see Richard Petty kind of excited and enthused after a trying few years with his team. And it is kind of interesting to see uh, uh, a, a First ever, uh, the an African American driver getting an opportunity with one of the world's great rednecks, Sir Richard Petty, which is, he once called me a communist because I was from Minnesota. So uh, that's, you know, Richard's a little a uh, little conservative in his ways. So that's uh, that's kind of interesting. But Petty's getting his uh, engines now from uh, Childress. Is that right? Did I read that? Yeah, they're 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 kind of basically affiliates of each other. Uh, Childress gives them engines and helps them out on the you know technical stuff and everything, and they certainly. You know, Childers knows how to build a fast engine at Daytona, and they showed that yesterday. So, 
it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Petty's team from here. Obviously, they, you know, people are excited by this. They like Gary Wallace Jr., what they've seen out of him. But the fact of the matter is they don't have sponsorship. They, they have very little sponsorship. They don't have sponsorship for the full season. And it's going to be interesting to see if they can make this work. They, they've got the pieces to the puzzle for the most part, but that one piece they're missing is the funding. And if they don't find that, what we saw yesterday is probably going to be it for this season in terms of success because it's going to be really hard for them the rest of the year. Well, I would think finishing second and getting the attention that they got would help create some money, wouldn't it? Man, if there's any out there at all, it would. You would would absolutely think so, and you've got this charismatic, fun-loving driver who people just love, and you've got Richard Petty, who's this icon that sponsors still gravitate towards to some degree, but they have just not been able to figure it out, and it's going to be interesting to see if they can figure it out. This is kind of the, the kick in the butt they need to make it work. Uh, Jordan, uh, now the the new cars, they were talking about them yesterday. They're faster, but uh, I heard some of the drivers saying they weren't as stable, huh? So uh, no. we're, we're, we're going high risk here, huh? They are. They, I mean, that was really kind of part of what we saw yesterday, which was a lot of big crashes taking out a lot of big names. That these cars, the, the speed they're up there, they're in the draft, they're about four to five mile an hour faster than they have been in the years prior. Uh, but the stability certainly is not there. Uh, we saw it yesterday with Brad Keselowski and Chase Elliott who were racing for the lead, and then Elliott's car just basically kind of came around on them because the, the air got taken off of it, and that set off a you know an eight-car pileup. It, it's tough, and especially these new Chevy cars uh, that they have this year, the noses on them are not the most uh, conducive to drafting. And when we uh, these guys bump around like we see so much, it often they end up spinning each other out. So. It is a little bit interesting, and I think that's really why a large part is why we saw these guys you know, have so many wrecks yesterday. And it is funny that uh, as championships are determined and stuff, Daytona has become a complete crapshoot in recent years. I mean, it's, it's, you know, throw a dart and see who ends up surviving is basically what you're getting. The last couple of years, absolutely. I mean, it's it's been it's been a survival race. It's been one of those things where if you can make it to the finish line and your car is relatively together, you have a shot to win it. But getting to the finish line is a really a big challenge. And you know, there is an art I will say to running at Daytona and Talladega and being consistent. And you know, Brad Keselowski and some of these other guys do it very very well. But when you have wrecks like you had yesterday, where so many guys get taken out it does open the door for a guy like Austin Dillon, who hasn't had a lot of success in his career, to come through and get that win, or a rookie like Darrell Walls Jr. to come through and finish second. So uh, are, is, is the, are the NASCAR fans going to miss Danica or not? They, uh, they, no. they, they did not because she just didn't compete uh, close enough to the top of the race, right? Yeah, I think the thing with Danica is, too, I think there's going to be there's a segment of the fans who are going to miss her. I think if you're a female, and a young girl, and you wanted somebody you can identify with, I think you're going to miss her because that was your driver. And I, and I completely understand that. And she did a lot of great things on that front. She definitely inspired a generation of female racers, and I think that her impact on the sport is going to be felt a decade or two decades from now, more so than now. But the, the fans who are watching it every week, and even her fellow competitors, I think they're just kind of tired of the act. Um, Danica, and especially some of the comments that Danica's made since she announced that Daytona was going to be it for her, she has said, you know, she really hasn't endured herself with, you know, saying that she didn't like the schedule, she didn't like the grind, she didn't like being cooped up on weekends, you know, 38 times out of the year, and she didn't enjoy herself. And they look at this and they, they see it as really a lot of excuse making instead of acknowledgement that, you know what, you probably could have done some things differently and been better and handled yourself differently. So 
no, they're not going to miss Danica on that front. NASCAR is going to miss Danica because she is still a celebrity. She still draws a lot of eyeballs. People care about her. But I think in the long term, it's probably best for both sides that they kind of part. Aaron Rodgers didn't do any media down there, right? He just hit it. <laughs> he just hung around with Danica and her family, but uh, didn't didn't try to do any media, right? Absolutely not. I tried to track him down on Thursday and had zero luck. I asked. I was shoulder to shoulder with him. He glared at me. Asked him three questions, and he answered none of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, good luck to him. Maybe they'll maybe they'll get hitched, and we'll uh, we'll have a very fast quarterback in the uh, in the future yeah, somewhere. Yeah, we'll see. There. Uh, that is. Let's just say that's a very interesting relationship, and I'll be very curious to see how long that lasts for. <laughs> okay. All right, Jordan. Thank you. Always a pleasure. All right, Jordan Bianchi, uh, our uh, SB Nation's NASCAR expert, and our NASCAR expert, Jordan Bianchi, does a great job and uh, knows his stuff. We'll be back. Yes, the sports person of the day. Uh, We were just talking about him, Daryl Wallace, Jr., uh, also known as Bubba Wallace, he finally has a full-time ride. Not finally, he's only 24 years old, but uh, he has a full-time ride now uh, in NASCAR. Hopefully, Richard Petty will find the sponsorship to keep him going after yesterday's second-place finish. Uh, African-American, Wendell, Wendell, what the heck was Wendell's name way back when? There was, a, there was another black guy back in the days when uh, they just uh, had uh, kind of clunky cars. And Wendell uh, raced for a year, and he finished 13th once. But uh, Wallace ends up uh, finishing second in the race, and it was quite an emotional scene. He's a kid from Mobile, Alabama, and it is uh, rather humorous to me to see that he has hooked up with Richard Petty because uh, it gives me a chance to tell my favorite Richard Petty story. Oh, boy. Is it, is it Wendell Scott? That who you think Wendell about, Scott. Yeah, Wendell Scott, right? And uh, Wendell Scott, he was out there. Uh, I would think that Wendell Scott faced a little more racism back in his day than uh, than uh, Bubba Wallace is right now, uh, Will Wood right now. But uh, so... The first, NAS, the first cup race I ever saw was the Winston Cup back then, which it always should be. They, come on, let's let it's NASCAR. Let's let them have cigarettes as sponsors, right? Anyway, that's just my opinion. Uh, it was going to be Petty's last Daytona 500, so I was sent down there by the St. Paul paper to cover it. I think it was '85, if I'm not mistaken, and. Uh, Mark Wicker, my friend uh, from, I think Mark was in Orange County by then. Yeah, he was in Orange County by then. He also was arriving down there. And we both got to the track on Thursday and were informed that Richard had done his last interviews on Wednesday, uh, which was going to really cut into our ability to write about Richard's last race. So uh, my uh, we, we both had a friend who covered NASCAR for Raleigh, uh, a really good friend of Wicks. And uh, he uh, said, well, I'll go over and see what I can do. And he got, he went over to Richard's trailer and came back. Uh, Gerald Martin was his name, great guy. He died way too young. 
But Gerald comes wandering back about 20 minutes uh, later and says, okay, he's taking a nap now, but you guys meet me at 1 o'clock, and we'll go back and talk to him in the trailer. So Gerald, Wicker, and I go over there at 1. We go back. Basically, Richard has just woken up, and uh, he's got the big hearing aids in. You know, it's not hard to believe that a guy who uh, drove his whole life races, Richard might have a little hearing. <laughs> sure. Down, okay. But. He says, okay. He says to Wicker, he says, where are you from? He says, Orange County. He says, Orange County. Okay, Orange County. Then he says, where are you uh, from, uh, sir? Or not sir, Patrick. And I said, I'm from the St. Paul Pioneer Press in Minnesota. He says, Minnesota? Humphrey? Mondale? He says, are you a communist like those guys are? Are Are you a Minnesota communist like those guys are? And I said, yeah, they're okay. Hubert's okay. They're okay. And he said, ah, I don't know. Because, you know, he was going to run for Republican office in North Carolina he there was? a few times. Yeah, I think he did try to get a nomination and stuff. Oh, I didn't know he that. Was, he was as redneck as it got. But, he, you know, he went back to the start of it when they were all rednecks, you know, sons of bootleggers, basically. His sure. dad, Lee Petty. Was a was a great driver of the earliest years of uh, of Cup racing of uh, of NASCAR, and Richard just followed in in, in those f- footsteps. But uh, it turned out he, we got a great interview, and he's a good guy. And uh, but he they back in the day they were having like when they first started in 1959 they were racing on the beach. That's where the first Daytona 500 was on the beach. I down remember there. those videos. Just, yes, yeah, vividly. they just ran around down there. So Richard let me ask and, you: If he decided to run, how the how did he not get elected? I mean, Richard Petty was a god. He might not have been conservative enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he might wanted uh, he might wanted to uh, he, he didn't want to uh, basically have another civil war. I guess I don't I don't know what the reason was. Okay. But, uh, but anyway, it is. It's. I love the fact that all these years later, Richard Petty is the guy employing uh, Daryl Wallace Jr. to basically try to, uh, you know, end the color. What has been a color barrier in uh, NASCAR racing. So it, it would be fantastic if this kid can bring in some money and keep racing and win a race because he's uh, apparently pretty good at it. And uh, if you want to have some fun, uh, watch the post-game interview, uh, the formal interview session when they brought uh, when they brought uh, Butch, uh, Bubba Wallace into the the press room area down there at Daytona to do his interview, and his mom comes in and they're hugging and crying, and then they're all crying. They're having uh, quite an emotional. Uh, session to be the part, but as I didn't realize until Jordan Bianchi just told us that uh, the, they don't have sponsorship for the rest of the year. Petty has not really had much success at all as an owner. Had you know great success as a driver, but not much success as an owner. Uh, hey Pat, I forgot to play this at the beginning. Would you like to hear from Bubba? Sure. It's 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 a sensitive subject, but I'm just so emotional over where my family has been the last two years that I don't talk about it, but it's just so hard. And so having them here to support me is... Pull it together, bud. Pull it together. You just finished second. It's awesome. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, and apparently a great personality, the kid. And uh, Isn't he you know. exactly what NASCAR needs right now, though? 
because they need something. They they, they, need, they need some juice. They need they need an influx of someone that's going to draw from. Because to be honest, I have a lot of people in my family that are big NASCAR fans, and even they their interest has waned a little bit over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Yes, and now I will say I've been getting a lot of heat from Lavelle e. Neal the third. Uh oh. Since since Bubba finished second, because he basically said we're coming, we're coming. <laughs> We're even gonna take. We're even gonna take over NASCAR now. He says. I said, you know. And he says we're on the way, and I said some politically incorrect things that I won't repeat. No, not between you him. and Lavelle. But let's just say I could have been a Chicago Blackhawks hockey fan. Okay. Oh, yes. my God. I was. I was. I was suggesting the same thing that you know stick with hoops okay right. you know come on give us you know, give us a chance it, let me guess Lavelle's going to be all on board with everything Bubba has to sponsor oh, and well, everything else he's having big big fun with the <laughs> fact that uh you know wouldn't it be great if Bubba Wallace would win the championship oh or something it would be great <laughs> anyway yeah we've been having some fun with that that's uh, great Lavelle calls me uncle pat and uh, i'd say you know how Sid talks about special relationships with all these people he has. I, I'd say we have a special relationship. Yes, you that, do. That can uh, lead to insensitive remarks made in both Which directions. is exactly what don't have founded to be this country and made it yes, great. That don't have to be repeated in public. That's all right, right, we'll be back. We're going to have Derek Falby as a guest today, but I told him 4 o'clock. And he was thinking Eastern time. Oh, no. Which I, was probably my fault, right? Yeah. Since we're in the East. I suffer from I CRS. <laughs> Usually I'm pretty good no, at that No, you are one, good at but, that, yeah. And he says I was going to leave the park early, but I'll stick around and give you a half hour. And then I had to go to him and say, ah, I screwed sorry. up the time. <laughs> say, we'll figure it out later in the week. So we'll Very have good. him on later in the week. All right. Here's Johnny Height with a sports update. Thanks, Patrick. This update sponsored by Liberty Mutual Insurance. You have enough things to worry about every day. Insurance shouldn't be one of them. You can leave worry behind when Liberty stands with you. Liberty Mutual Insurance. You know, you know, guys, remember what we were going to start adding that thing to the show? What did we forget today? Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, what we forgot. We, we forgot that we were in uh, Eastern Time Zone. <laughs> that's what we forgot today. So. It is always funny, uh, especially early, early in the winter run of the ride with Royce from Fort Myers, because you like a couple times you'll check in at 159 or 158 mm-hmm. uh, when GL is still on the show. We have to say, Pat, yes. we're, we're not on for another hour yet. Kind of like Herm used to. Yeah, right. <laughs> Coach Herm here. Right, Coach, Herm, you're a little early. For, you're not on for two and a half hours, but thanks for being a little. <laughs> wow. By the way, congratulations to Herm. He, ended up, ahead of, he ended up ahead of PJ in the recruiting oh, ring. Really? After being buried. Oh. Uh, but he had a great push at the end, yes. Oh. What What did he finish then? 20? I think the last I saw he was 36 and PJ was 37. Holy wow. cow. Mm-hmm. Wild win To there. grow, you must fail. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Wild win their President's Day matinee this afternoon. He must be seven foot one by now, <laughs> shorty. <laughs> I eat difficult conversations for breakfast. That's my favorite one. <laughs> it right really now. is. It, it's so good. Uh, oh. Go for football. Can't get here fast enough, That's baby. right. He keeps me young. Wild <laughs> beat the Islanders five to three this afternoon. Up next, the Wild are at New Jersey. You may have noticed uh, it's a three-game trip to New York. Today was the Islanders. Thursday, it's New Jersey and Friday. Friday, they're wrapping up with a game against that the Rangers. That could be wearing. That could wear a, a, a group of young athletes out uh-huh. three days oh, yeah. in New York, especially yeah. if they're staying in Manhattan. 
Now, what's the stadium issue with the Islanders? They're, they're, not, they're getting a new one out in, uh, on the island. Okay. Uh, Brooklyn, it only holds 15,000, and half of them can't see the hockey game because <laughs> of the way it's designed. Kenny was in Outside early. of that, it's perfect. Kenny was in early. I'm te- I was telling Kenny that the Barclays Center, they have this brand-new, state-of-the-art, billion-dollar arena, and half the people that are watching the game can't see the ice. Uh, hockey, you know. yeah. yeah. Uh, the Twins, first day of spring training for the whole squad. Brian Dozier was not on hand today. He had a kidney stone attack Ooh. last night. He's expected to miss the first couple of days. Oh. I've never had one. They say they're not fun. No, they're no, not. They, they are never, not fun. Never have either. Never I want know, to. Thank you should you. drink more Diet Coke. That's It'll what I say. Monster energy down. drinks. It goes too. down there, gets around, goes kidneys, and it just <laughs> kills them right off. A dissolvent. It is. It's like drinking uh, Clorox. Speaking of that, you know the the latest fad, by the way, running around the apple cider vinegar. Have you guys been part? Sure. Yeah. Or, do, I know all about do, it. Yeah. Do you do one of these? Uh, I did years ago. I, I haven't. It recently cleanses done. you. Yeah. So so Pat, you'll love this. The bride says you should you should try mixing this in. It'll help with your whatever your yeah. antioxidants and all this no. crap. Oh my! People actually put that crap in their body. I love can't vinegar. taste one. Oh. I can I can drink vinegar. That's how much mm. I like it. What's wrong mm. with one you? One of my favorite meals mm. in the world in summer is cutting up a bunch of cucumbers, just pouring a ton of vinegar over the top and eating them. Yeah, but you're mm. from North Dakota. You well, guys have moonshine with your cereal. No, my uh, my old man used to do the same thing. <laughs> really? Oh yeah, I love of course it. He oh. died of a heart attack at 68. <laughs> <laughs> uh, last week, as we know, Tim Lincecum had a showcase. And uh, SB Nation's Grant Brisby reports one club came away with a favorable enough impression to offer him a guaranteed major league deal. He's not saying who that team is. Of course, the Twins were one of the 15 to 20 teams on hand. Uh, Lynch comes 33 now. He hasn't pitched in the major league since 2016 when he was not very good with the Angels. The Annie ball is not official yet, but I think he passed his physical and they will uh, announce tomorrow that he's on the 40 man and they'll put Trevor May on the 60 day. So I know that uh, the Twins are going back to the old neighbor as their radio home. What are mm-hmm. the restrictions as far as us carrying baseball games here in town that don't involve the Minnesota Twins? Because if there aren't any, I motion that any time they were just showing uh, Judge and Giancarlo, any time the Yankees face a crappy left-hander, I want that game on our radio yeah, station. The Yankees, home of the Yankees. They've always said we should be the Packers. Home. We, should, we should have Packers games on. Here goes Hector Santiago against the, the Pittsburgh. Somebody stretch. signed him to a minor league. Contract. You're kidding me. Chicago White Sox. I hope no radio station signed him as a weekly guest. It might not work wow. out too well. You know what? That's a great idea, Patrick. The Packer idea. Seriously. Oh yes. Uh, is, in other I, markets, I think uh, there might be uh, might be difficult. I don't yeah. know. There's JD, another home run by the Yankees. JD Martinez <laughs> signs with the Red Sox. Uh, five years, I mean, I know it, it's worth $110 million. There's a player opt out after two years. Boris wanted 200 for him, so I guess it's a triumph for the. They kept saying that they were disappointed in the Red Sox offer and they were going to go elsewhere. But yeah. uh, Aren't we kind of happy that Boris is getting his lunch handed to him a little well, bit here? Well, he got Eric Hosmer eight years. Twenty-one yeah, million yeah. a year, I'd say that or something. What did he get? Eight and one forty-four. Yeah. yeah, but the, basically the Padres were negotiating against themselves because Kansas City wasn't ever really in it for that much. Boris is the world's expert at getting teams to negotiate with themselves. Yes, he Texas, A Rod. You know, he got yeah. the money from A Rod. He got a hundred million more for A Rod than anybody else offered. Uh, at the uh, last week, uh, or Friday, we of course, you weren't here, Patrick, and not broadcasting, but we broadcast from the Venture Bank Minnesota yes. Golf Show. Uh, we saw the area, you've probably seen it in other years, Patrick, where if you sink a 120-foot putt, you oh, win a lot, of, a lot of things. 
For the first time in the show's 28-year history, somebody made the 120-foot putt. Corporate, wow. corporate pilot Paul Shaddle sunk the putt. Uh, by doing that, he wins himself a pontoon valued at $75,000. Wow! He also gets twenty-five grand in cash. Uh, so, And that, wow. it was a long putt. I walked by there and watched a few. I thought, no way anybody will ever do this. We had insurance, right? <laughs> well, we hope the so. The final round of the venture bank. We hope so. We might not be on the air tomorrow. I was told uh, the eruption from the crowd when he sank it was like the Masters. It was that loud when the when he sank that putt at the uh, at the show. I did. Well, maybe they should have. Won. Remember that we were at that bar next to Target Field? I don't even think it exists anymore. And they were going to have you show up and sink a putt, but it was in a different building. That's right. <laughs> it was like a 700-footer. It was pretty long. Yeah. Uh, the, well, congratulations uh, yeah, to this. that's cool. I did this see a picture is... of the boat. We were wondering earlier what a $75,000 pontoon looks like. It's very, very large. Ooh, very wow. large pontoon. You need a wow. semi to haul that thing around, yeah, basically? Yeah, it's gigantic. Fantastic. Nice. Yeah, uh, gee, that program director sounded upbeat when I talked to him today. So uh, we must uh, we, we must have joined the celebration. I don't think we're on the hook for it. Yeah, I think, okay, I think it's the guys, the venture bank yeah. guys. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> a new number one ranked team in U.S. college hockey, and a lot of Minnesota teams. St. Cloud State is now Go number one. Oh, Huskies! <laughs> the uh, Huskies, one of four Minnesota teams in the top ten. Uh, your alma mater, Mr. Reavers, Minnesota State Mankato, moves up to number four. That's right. Minnesota is at number eight, and Minnesota Duluth is at number nine. I was looking up some of the hockey standings today. Man alive, that sport has some uh, uh, parity. They, uh, you know, I think the Gophers have thirteen losses, and they're rated eighth in the country. Oh, wow, amazing. Yep. All right, Johnny, that was a sterling performance. Thank you. The ride with Royce now continues. First of all, 69, offense. He was giving them the business. It's time for Late Hit. Manny, what happened to the Purdue Boilermakers? They finally won a game last night, but they lost three in a row, including to Wisconsin the other day. And uh, the Gophers are at Wisconsin tonight. Uh, I thought that was a game they might win, but somehow Wisconsin popped up and beat uh, Purdue. Uh, I I don't know how the hell that happened. Is this going to be another one of those years in the Big Ten where everybody's just kind of beating everybody? I mean, it it seemed like it was going to be pretty top-heavy, but I don't know. It was, yeah. Well, Michigan State still has a chance to be a Final Four team, don't you think? Yeah, I think so. And I thought Purdue did too. And then what? Who got hurt though? Somebody from Purdue got hurt. Not the big boy. I'm gonna see if I can find. No, I think it was a guard. That's wasn't the Haas kid, right? No, uh uh-uh. I'll try to find it. Uh, Ohio State's taking a couple of lumps here too. Uh, Penn State drilled them, uh, and Nebraska lost to Illinois last night. So uh, was it last night? Yeah, they lost to Illinois. So that ended their winning streak. I don't know uh, what's going on. Gophers, uh, Gophers might have a chance tonight. You know, Wisconsin's very, very limited offensively. Uh, Vincent Edwards is the injured oh, yeah. player. Oh, yeah, he's a very good player. Yeah, yeah. Well, that'll make a difference, but you shouldn't lose to Wisconsin, should you? As bad as it was. Worst Wisconsin team since, uh, man, before Dick Bennett. I, I saw that. a stat about the Badgers that they haven't, they have not, outside of this year, obviously, but they have not finished in the top four 
in the Big Ten basically since Bo Ryan took over. Outside of the top Outs- Outside four. of the yeah, top four, yeah. yeah. Top That's four. amazing. Yeah, that, is, that is true. Is yeah. Greg Gard going to be in a little bit of trouble? If, uh, maybe so, not this year, but next I don't year think if they Alvarez, don't turn it around. I don't think Alvarez wanted to hire him. And Bo yeah, basically Bo, Bo kind pulled of forced a sneaky it, didn't he? one on him because he said, I'm coming back, and then he quit, you know, and uh, left him because he wanted to. And Bo did that intentionally to put him in a situation where he had to give a guard a chance. No, man, you and know then, what will happen. Uh, uh, Barry will just name himself coach for their tournament right. run. <laughs> I don't think Barry, no, Barry won't name himself coach of this team. No, that's true. He don't want to be the coach of this team. He don't want a losing record. Hey, we just talked about the hockey ratings. Uh, St. Cloud State, go Huskies, number one in the uh, latest ratings for both the U.S. Uh, USCHO ratings and USA Today ratings. And Cornell, number two in both of those. Uh, Denver, number four in USA Today, number three. And if you're looking for hockey this weekend, Denver at St. Cloud State, Friday and Saturday. Uh, and, uh, you know, St. Cloud State, 14 4 and 2. In the best college conference in the in the country, and if they can have a uh, good weekend and against Denver, maybe get three points, uh, they will uh, win the NCHC. I mean, they there's four games left, but they uh, they could put themselves in a situation where they can win it, and then all us Husky fans will be very proud. Devin McCarty said uh, in to the Boston, somebody from the Boston media that the players knew all week that Malcolm Butler was not going to play in the Super Bowl. He does not give an explanation as to why the players knew it, I guess the way they were practicing. And he denies that it was something off the field that Malcolm Butler had done, had did, had done that uh, caused this. Uh, he never really explained it, but he said they practiced all week like, Butler wasn't going to play, even though the kid that replaced him, Rowe, said that he didn't know till Sunday morning that he was starting. So there's they're having a hard time getting their story straight on this one in New England, aren't they? Well, and it looks just so much worse given the fact that they were lit up, you know, in the secondary in that now, Super Bowl. If, if there were no disciplinary problems, then what was the issue? Right? Then it's uh, then it's complete malfeasance by uh, Bill Belichick. That's for sure. But it looks like he's back, huh? Oh. Looks like he's going to be, uh, you know, the theory that McDaniel stayed because Belichick might be leaving, which was kind of my theory. Uh, looks like uh, looks like he's going to stay. Yeah. And uh, but man alive, I I I got to think that team has less confidence in him than they had before that Super Bowl. Which is amazing to think, given the success that they've had over yeah, the past it's, twenty it's, years. Uh, you know, you're Brady. You're what? You're gonna you're turning forty. And you had a chance to win a Super Bowl, and this guy, for some reason, didn't want to play your best player. I mean, one of your best defensive backs right. uh, when you're getting killed. And then tweeted about it after the fact, too. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, AP Player of the Year, the odds from Bovado. Trey Young, the Oklahoma kid, is a 2-3 to three favorite to be the Player of the Year. Is the way that team's been playing lately? Should he? I mean, should he really be the player of the and, year? He's gotten the most he's pop. Been and bad. He, yeah, and yeah. he's been struggling, especially with his three point shot. He, there, he went a stretch where he went like one for twenty five or something from yeah. threes. Yeah, I'm wondering if. I mean, he's good, but the I heard uh, on ESPN was trying to pump up one of the games the other day, and they said the face of college basketball. Really. What well, ESPN is trying really, really hard to make him a star. They, yes. they, they, they have highlighted him. 
for weeks now. And I, maybe some of that's getting to him, too. You never know how a kid's going to react. He's, he's, getting, a, he's been getting some Steph Curry comparisons. I'm not sure I'm ready to go there yet. But that's pretty Steph unfair pretty, to do to a freshman. I, it, it really is unfair. And, and like, people forget how good Steph really was at Davidson. Like, he was he was really incredible. So Yeah, because we didn't – a lot of people weren't even aware he was at Davidson. Right. Uh, Jalen, including, uh, apparently, David Kahn. Uh, <laughs> Jalen Brunson is the second pick, the uh, Nova kid who's been around, and uh, the the big kid from uh, Arizona who's fantastic. I actually watched a lot of the Arizona Arizona State the game the other day. That DeAndre Ayton is uh, yes. man, what an what an athlete! Woo. You know who is good, Xavier. Yes, they although, are. Although Villanova went in, and yeah, they did, yeah. they did. But they're I, I'm pretty impressed with what they've done. But this going year. into this going into this week. Xavier was fourth in the country, and Cincinnati was fifth. And they're both they're the arch rivals oh, in yeah. the city of yeah. Cincinnati. So that's pretty good. And uh, you guys just told me that Ray Carruth, the worst hide-and-seek player in the history of hide-and-seek, uh, is apparently going to get out of jail pretty soon, and he wants custody of his 18-year-old child. Uh, did the child... Is this the child that was born to the woman that he murdered? Yes. That he had murdered? Yes. So they did save the baby? Yes. They saved the baby, and he wants custody, huh? He wants custody, yes. You know, we should put up a Bill's board for that one that says, ballsy. Oh. That is ballsy, isn't it? Yes, it is. You killed the mama, and you want custody of the baby. Okay. How's Ray getting out already? Isn't this pretty soon? Isn't it, uh, what, 15 years? Uh, 17 years. You should have served a little more than that, I think. I would think uh, I would agree with that, yes. All righty, we shall return and see if anybody has a daily complaint. Let's hear the boys' daily complaints. Reavers, my daily complaint is you haven't told us uh, how Disneyland worked out. I'll have a, a better report tomorrow. Okay, well, because uh, uh, Manny that? has a very crucial daily complaint that we must get to today. Okay, yes, right. okay. and uh, my daily complaint is with Ray Carruth because all I want to know is <laughs> who helped plan the damn escape. <laughs> Normally, when you're running from the law, you want to get a passport, go to Canada. Brazil, Mexico. No, no, not Ray Ray. Ray Ray took his ass to Nashville. <laughs> In a damn car. As a little boy, he had to be the stupidest to ever play hide and go see. <laughs> Just gonna stand on the other side of the tree. Ray Ray, ain't you gonna hide? I'm already high. <laughs> I, uh, if I'm watching TV and that uh, Kings of Comedy concert that they did in Charlotte comes on, I still watch it. Yes. I still watch it. It is the funniest thing of all time. And I get very sad seeing, uh, knowing that Bernie Mac is dead at that time. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today.